Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we'll be asking, what way has your lodge or chapter successfully increased membership? Well, Freemasonry has suffered a tremendous drop in membership in the last 20 years or so. So much so that in the UK, they've been closing as many as 100 lodges per year, and that trend has been cased for the last decade. Numbers in attendance peaked in the 1960s, and as that generation comes to an end, numbers are naturally declining. I personally don't see a problem with this, as it's more of a quality over quantity thing for me, but it's worrying many of the provinces, and they have instigated several programs to increase numbers, one of which is the communications officer role, which is the one I have in my lodge. And for this, I moderate the social media, provide a point of contact for those interested in joining. But um, one of the problems I see is that social media is a great platform for promotion, but I don't think Masonic lodges really fit into that niche particularly well. It's a great means of communication between the lodges, but I've found that not many people are really interested in using Facebook to, um, to find a way into the lodge. It's great if the lodge members want to post pictures of charity projects and uh, things which we've done in the past, it's a great inter-lodge communication tool, but I think it's kind of like, you know, it's looking at somebody's wedding photos. If you didn't, right. you want the invitation, not the pictures. Right. Um, so I think one of the good things that's, that's going on at the moment, particularly since lockdown, is there's a lot of online lectures going on, a lot of information being put out there, like this podcast. And it's a, it's a good point of finding reliable information about the craft. And it's a, it's a good way of finding out information. And um, a website is a really good way of doing things as well. I, I run one for our um, for our lodge, even though 90% of the emails are just people asking for charity money. It, um, it's provided us with at least at least one new candidate, and they seem to be pretty solid, and they're, they're still in the lodge. So, yeah, it's been quite fruitful. Mm. So that's what we're getting up in the, um, in the motherland. Um, <laughs> how's it going on the other side of the ocean? Well, over here in Japan, we don't do much in the way of promotion or social media. Uh, the lodges, as well as the Grand Lodge of Japan, all have websites. But uh, more often than not, they're, they're out of date and they're not being kept up. Uh, I About 10 years ago, I set up a website in Japanese that explained the history of the craft and how to, uh, to join a lodge in Japan, but I got a lot of negative feedback from the older Japanese members, so that was closed down. Hmm. <laughs> uh, one of the unique things about the Grand Lodge of Japan is that not only does it own its own building, it also owns real estate in the neighborhood, which pays it an income. Uh, so it is quite a rich Grand Lodge. The negative point is that it has resulted in a lack of imagination when it comes to membership, a kind of um, our costs are covered. Why do we need new members sort of mm. attitude? Uh, some of the regional lodges have financial difficulties, and this has led to um, a reduced membership. The other thing is uh, a large percentage of our regional lodges are made up by um, u.s military uh, and they are they they go for P, uh, pcs a per permanent change of station every hmm. three years or so so yeah. we've got new people coming all the time um so one thing um i 
people see read books and see articles about Freemasons online, and I suppose that piques their interest. Uh, secondly, my spiritual Freemasonry books are now being translated for publication later this year in Japanese, and I hope this will interest a better class of candidates. So, um, actually, in the, in Asia, Freemasonry uh, is growing compared to the West. So, um, Hong Kong, Taiwan, um, Philippines, Japan, we've saw it's all seen growth in membership. Uh, some lodges have about 20 new candidates a year. Okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. I think it's more important to get the quality over the quantity. I don't th see it as that much of a downside. I mean, we've got um, four temples running out of one lodge, and it's. I think the numbers aren't growing. They're pretty static, but I don't really see it as being a problem. It. I think it, it, it was seen as more of a networking thing during the 50s and the 60s. Right. For the real rise of Rotary and charitable organizations during that time period. And uh, I think that's the members which are slowly dying out, it's the people that came in for, for networking issues. And yep. it's, it's too old of an institution, I think, nowadays to provide an effective one. But we, we've got a very interesting lodge, actually. Our, ours is an old cinema, and like yours, we, it runs as a, a tourist attraction, uh, it, and it generates a small amount of income just to cover costs, tops up the coffers. It's a, it's a pretty interesting, interesting building. It's, it's quite large. Yeah. yeah. But yes, it's like I, I, numbers aren't, they're static, shall we say. They're not declining. They're not growing. They're comfortably static, shall we say. Mm, that's good. Excellent. Well, that brings this episode to a close. If you have any questions, please email on the link below. We now part on the square and we'll meet soon. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>